A good mind. Beautiful. All right, today's daf is daf mem aluf in Mesachas Yavamis, and we pick up from the third line, the brand new Mishnah on daf mem aluf, Amud Aleph. We have some fascinating, fascinating cases here. Let us get going. This Mishnah, uh, there's no need to introduce it, and it's, it's very self explanatory. Let's get going into case number one. A person does chalitza on his Yavama. So far, so good. Nothing complicated, okay? We'll say Reuven um, passes away childless. His wife, Leah, falls to Shimon as his Yavama. And he does chalitza on, uh, he does chalitza on the widow. And then his brother, okay? So then a person does chalitza. And his brother marries her sister. Levi marries the Chalutza's sister, Vameis, and then he dies. So now you're going to have a woman who Chalitza was done to, and her sister, the sister of the Chalutza, now falls as your Yavama. Which we know, Midrabanon, you have a problem here. Midrabanon, you don't, because she's Achuzikukoso, the sister of a woman who was Zakuk to you. So Chalutza's Vlomis Yavemis. You gotta do chalitz, you gotta do yim, because she's forbidden to you rabbinically. The chain, and similarly, now this word similarly, the Gemara is gonna change to avol, but, right, because it's really not a similar halacha. So change, let's change it already. Avol, but, if someone divorces his wife, and then his brother marries the sister, Vamesan, he dies. So here's the case. Ruvain was married to Rachel, and they got divorced. Rachel has a sister, Leah. Is Reuven allowed to marry Leah? No, nope, never allowed to marry Leah while Rachel's alive because she is your former wife's sister. Okay? Then Reuven's brother marries her. Reuven's brother marries Leah. And he dies childless. And now Leah, who is your ex-wife's sister, is now your Yavama. So she's an Arias. She's a full-fledged Arias. Do you need to do Yibam or, or Chalitza on a full-fledged Arias? No. This takes us back to Dav Beis. And therefore, harezu petura. There's no yibum or chalitza in that case. Okay, here we go. That is all case number one. Case number two. Shomeris yavam, if you have a woman who's a yavama. Now here's what happened, you ready? Shekidesh achiv esachaysa. There's two brothers waiting to do yibum on this one yavama. One of the brothers marries this Yavama's sister as Kedushin. He doesn't have relations with her. He just acquires her in the name of Kedushin. We say to this Yavama who rabbinically, illegally married the sister of his Zekuka. Okay? You know what we're going to say to him? I'll tell you what. Wait till your brother does Yibam or Chalitza. And then, uh, uh, and then if he does, you can marry his wife. Let's explain this case outside. Ready for this? A Yavama falls to Shimon and Levi. Okay. Shimon and Levi have a mitzvah of Yavama. Levi goes and marries the Yavama's sister, does Kedushim. So now that he married the Yavama's sister, is he allowed to marry the Yavama? It's going to be a problem. Okay? Because he has a woman who's he's zakuk to. He has a bond to, but he's now married to her sister. So we got a problem. 
he can't just marry the sister because this sister is because he can't marry the sister because this sister is a sister of his zikuka. So it's a rabbinic problem. But this rabbinic problem could go away. How so? Because if Shimon does Yibam Rechalitza now, so now Shimon is the one who did Yibam Rechalitza on the Yavama, and Levi is permitted to her sister again. So says Rabbi Yehuda ben Basira, wait for Shimon to do Yibam Rechalitza. Now Levi could finish off his marriage, go do Nesuin with the widow's sister. Mesa HaYavama. What if the Yavama dies? So let's remind ourselves the case over here again. A Yavama falls to two brothers, one bro- Shimon and Levi. Levi married the Yavama's sister against rabbinic law, and then the Yavama dies. So are they still bonded? Do they have a zikuk to the Yavama anymore? No, she's dead, right? She's gone. So then what happens? Levi could go marry her sister, complete the marriage. There ain't no problem whatsoever. Go complete the marriage. But what if the Yavam dies? Let's explain this case. A Yavama falls to Shimon and Levi. Levi marries the Yavama sister with Kedushin. Now, if Shimon were to do the Yavama Chalitza, that would save Levi. But here's the problem. Shimon dies. So Shimon now cannot do Yavama Chalitza. So who's obligated to do Yavama Chalitza? Only Levi. The problem is Levi is married to the Yavama sister with Kedushin. So he's got a double problem. He can't complete his marriage to the sister because she's achos zikukoso. He also cannot marry the Yavama anymore because this woman who you're connected to is your wife's sister because you did Kedushin now. So you know what we, you know what we say? Beget. Levi has to get rid of his wife that he did Kedushin with with a regular get. And the Yavama... The widow that felt to him is obligated to do chalitza because she is now rabbinically his wife's um, his wife's sister. Okay, the Gemara first is going to start out by challenging the beginning of the Mishnah again. We already changed the word v'chein to aval. The Gemara here is going to clarify why that needs to be. Says the Gemara, my v'chein. Why did the Mishnah use the word v'chein? Now, if you go back to the beginning of the Mishnah, it said like this: If somebody does chalitza. And his brother marries the sister. So, And similarly, if a guy divorces his wife, and then his brother marries your sister and dies without children, there's no Yibam or Chalitza. Well, that's not similar. You said, before you said you do Chalitza. And now we're saying you do nothing. Don't tell me V'chein. doesn't make any sense. That's the Gemara's question. My V'chein. What do you mean similarly? It's a whole different halacha. Says the Gemara, you're right. Eva, Eva say, Avol, but Hamagareish, a person who divorces, is going to have a different halacha. Amr Yishlokish says, Kanshan Rebbe. By the way, Rebbe pointed out that our Mishnah could be a beautiful source. This makes a lot of sense. That Achas Gerusha Medivrei Torah, Achas Chalutza Medivrei Sofrim. If a man divorces a woman, the sister of that woman is Asr Midairaisa. Okay? She's not going to marry her biblically. She's your wife's, your ex wife's sister. And your ex wife's still alive. Okay? That's a biblical Arayas. However, the sister of a Chalutza, if you did Chalitza on a woman, this that you're not allowed to marry her sister, that is only a rabbinic problem. Biblically, if you marry the sister of your Chalutza, you are married biblically. Okay? It's rabbinic that you can't do that. And you have to say this in order for any dalachas of the Mishnah to make sense. We're going to have to rely on that premise. Period. Two dots. Okay. Then the Gemara said, Shomeres Yavam Shekidesh If you have a woman waiting for marriage. Okay, so now here, 
you have a Yavama that falls to Shimon and Levi, and Levi goes and marries her sister. Now, he shouldn't have, but he did. Omar Shmuel. Shmuel says, that we allow Levi to wait for Shimon to do Yibam Rechalitza. And once that's done, then we say, Levi, you could consummate your marriage. You complete your marriage. And we don't consummate. We don't find him and say, hey, Levi, what are you doing? You're not allowed to marry this woman. Get away from her. We don't say that. Rather, wait. Wait for things to be clarified. And then we allow it to happen. Now the Gemara is going to ask a question and get into a conversation that's going to take us all the way down until the mission on the bottom of our Ahmed. Says the Gemara, very interesting question. If you notice in our Mishnah, we discussed Levi jumped the gun and married the Yavama's sister. And the Mishnah gave a few cases. The Mishnah says, you know, what happens if Shimon dies? What happens if the Yavama dies? The Mishnah didn't discuss what happens if Levi's wife, the sister of the Yavama, what happens if she dies? What would be Levi's status now with the Yavama? Because it's interesting. Listen to this. If you think about it, Levi, who jumped the gun and married the Yavama's sister when he wasn't supposed to meet the Rabbanan, if his wife now dies, can he marry the Yavama? Or do we say, listen, she is your wife's sister. You can't do that. You were married to her sister who died. You can't marry. Um, or, or can you? Because again, you're allowed to marry a woman's sister if that woman's not alive. But the issue really is that she was originally your Yavama, but then she became forbidden to you because you married her sister, so now she's really no longer your Yavama. So maybe she goes back to her original prohibition of being your brother's wife. We don't know how to handle the situation. What happens if Levi's wife dies? What is... Levi and Rachel's relationship now. What is this Yavam and Yavama Is there a Yavam relationship or not? So here we go. They ask the question searching for information. Mesa Ishta. What if Levi's wife will call her Leah? Passed away. Mahu What is the halacha about Leah marrying Rachel? Okay. Says the Gemara. Good old answer. Machlaikas. Rav, Rabbi Chanina, Dami Tevayo, Rav, Rabbi Chanina say, Mesa Ishtay, Mutter, B'Yavimtai, Levi's now Mutter, Tarachal again, he can marry the Yavama. It's not so clear whether it's going to be because of the Mitzvah of Yibum, or whether he's just permitted. Shmuel, Ravasi, Dami Tevayo, Shmuel argues, and Ravasi argues, they say, no, Mesa Ishtay, Asr B'Yavimtai. If Levi's wife Leah passes away, then he remains forbidden to the wife. Omar Rava. Rava says, my time at the Rav. We're going to try to understand Rav's opinion all the way down to the bottom of the Omar. Again, Rav says, you remain, per- I'm sorry, not you remain. You are, you are now permitted to the Yavama. Omar Rava, why? My time at the Rav. Why does Levi become permitted to the Yavama again? You know why? Because originally the Yavama was permitted to Levi as soon as she became a Yavama. She was mother to Levi. But then Levi did something wrong and he married her sister, which made it forbidden for Levi to marry the Yavama. But then the sister dies and now Levi is permitted again. And guess what, says Rav? Whenever you have a situation like that, you go back to your original permissiveness. When something was allowed, became forbidden because of circumstantial reasons, which is you married the Yavama sister, and now that issue is gone, it's now allowed. 
That's Rav's Svara. Says Rav Hamnuna, Rav, what you talking about? Mosev Rav Hamnuna, that's a challenging question on Rav. He says, Rav, do not tell me that a case where somebody was allowed, but came forbidden and is allowed, is completely allowed. Not true, and I'll prove it to you. When you have three brothers, Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. Two of the three are married to sisters. Reuven and Shimon are married to Rachel and Leah. Reuven's married to Rachel, Shimon's married to Leah. The Echad Mufna. Leah, uh, uh, Levi, the brother number three, is not married to any sister. Reuven, who's married to Rachel, dies without any children. You know what Levi does? Listen to this. He does a rabbinic kiddushin. He, he gives Rachel, the widow, Mimer, designating her for him. Now let me ask you a question. Did Rachel even fall to Shimon? No, because Shimon's married to her sister. So as we learned on Daf Beis, your wife's sister doesn't fall to you in Eva. So though she's only falling to Levi. So Levi does Mimer. He designates her, strengthens his bond with her. Listen to what happens now. You ready? At this point, can Levi do Yibam on Rachel the widow if he wants? For sure. But now here's what happens. You ready? The Achakach Meis Achiv Now Shimon dies. And now we got a problem. You know why? Levi did Mimer on Rachel. But now Rachel's sister also is falling to him in Yibam. But they're sisters. You hear this? So now says the Mishnah. The Achakach Mesa. No, no, it's one second. Yeah. Can Reuve now do Yibum on Rachel? Um, can, can Levi, who did Mimer on Rachel, can he do Yibum on her now? Or do we say you can't because she's the sister of a woman who is Zakuk to you? You can't be Zakuk to two sisters. Okay? So at this point, Levi can't do nothing. But listen to what happens. Then Shimon's widow, Leah, passes away. So now the problem, which was Shimon's widow, is no longer a problem. So do we go back and say, Shimon can now complete his mimer, complete his marriage, his yibum, on Rachel? You know what we say? You got to do chalitza on Rachel and not yibum. Now here's the challenge on Rav. You ready? According to Rav, that if a woman was permitted, became forbidden and is permitted, is now fully permitted, should we demand chalitza here? No. Because over here, think about it. Rachel, the original widow, was permitted. She became forbidden when Leah became a widow. Now she's permitted again. Isn't it mutter? Isn't it allowed? According to your Svar Rav, let's read this inside. Vamai. Why do we say you got to do chalitza? She's a regular case of that was allowed, not allowed, and now allowed again. She should go back to her original permissiveness and allow Yibam to take place according to you, Rav. Says the Gemara, listen to this, fascinating. Listen to what happened. Sir Ishtik, Rav was quiet. Now the Gemara is going to go through what was going, the Gemara is going to explain to us what was going through Rav's mind. You ready? So first Rav was quiet. And then, Lebosar Dinafak, after Rav Amnuna left with this challenging question, Omar, Rav explained himself. It's interesting. He waited for Rav Amnuna to leave. He didn't want to go through this with Rav Amnuna there for whatever reason. He waits for Rav Amnuna to leave. And he starts explaining to everybody why he's not wrong. Rav explains to everybody why he's not wrong. And he says like this. Amayla Yamalei. 
Why didn't I say to Rebbe Amnuna, Rebbe Lazarhi, his whole Mishnah is a das yachid. Is it an opinion of an individual? We don't pass it like that. He, he challenged me from a Mishnah. The Mishnah says, you got to do chalitza. Oh, it must be, you're not allowed. You're not, you don't go back to your original permissiveness. You know what the real answer is, says Rav? We don't pass like that Mishnah. That Mishnah is just the opinion of Rebbe Lazar. Kivan Sha'amda, Allah of Sha'achizbis. The Rebbe Lazar of the opinion, Damar, Rebbe Lazar of the opinion, keep it with that once a, a Yavman Yavamar, forbidden for one moment. Nasr of Elamis, you're forever forbidden. Okay? So that's Rebbe Lazar. I don't pass like that. So there's no question on me. Hadar Amar. And then Rav continued, and he said, Oh, you know what you could ask on me? You could say maybe Rebbe Lazar, Amor, Dabar Rebbe Lazar, Maybe Rebbe Lazar is only strict and says you don't go back to your original permissiveness. That's when at the time that you fell, you were never allowed in the first place. Maybe Rebbe Lazar would have allowed a, the, a case like ours where at the time that Rachel became a widow, she was permitted to leave. It was only a later on issue of, Le- of Leah becoming a widow that caused the issue. Maybe Rebbe Lozer would agree that you do go back to the original permissiveness, but it can't be. Hodar Amar, he said that can't be um, in because Rebbe Lozer holds that we're strict always. Vahatanya, I'll prove it to you from a bracer. Rebbe Lozer says, If it's Yavama dies, then he's permitted to. He's allowed to keep marrying his wife. If his wife dies, that So the bottom line is, says Rav, that Mishnah is the opinion of Rabbi Elazar, and that's a das yachid. That's individual opinion. So Rav Amunah wants to challenge me from that Mishnah. I don't care. Doesn't bother me. I don't follow that Mishnah. I follow the Rabbanon, and the Rabbanon may hold that it's actually permitted. It's permitted when you were permitted, forbidden and permitted. The halachas like me, says Rav, you're now go back to your permissiveness. And that Mishnah is not the halacha. So now here's their problem. You ready? According to the way Rav's learning the Mishnah, that it's only Rebbe Lazar who says it's forbidden. Didn't Shmuel argue on Rav? Shmuel holds it's forbidden. Why would Shmuel follow the Das Yachid? Shmuel who says that when you have something that was permitted... Forbidden and permitted. You're now forbidden. Why would he follow Rebbe Lazar? Ask the Gemara, Do you mean to say that Shmuel and Ravasi follow Rebbe Lazar, not the Chachamim? Says the Gemara, no. There's different ways to understand the opinion of the Chachamim. Shmuel can follow the Chachamim. Ad kam ha-kemizgi Rabbana le'i Rebbe Lazar al-bishom de-minefeila ve'elach le'mitzralai. The reason why the Chum disagreed with Rebbe Lazar is only because at the time she became a Yavama, she was not usher to the brothers. When she became a Yavama, she was mutter. But over here, that what happened was after she became usher to him, after she felt that she became usher, even though Rabbana would agree that she remains usher forever. So bottom line is like this. Machlech is Rav and Shmuel. What would happen if Levi's wife died? Would Levi be allowed to do Yibam? The Machlokas is dependent on whether we say when somebody is permitted, forbidden and permitted, whether it's allowed again. Rav says it is allowed. Rishmuel says it's not. And each one is arguing about the opinion of the Chachamim in the Mishnah. What would the Chum hold in such a circumstance? Because the mission itself did not give a direct halach in the name of the Chachamim. It didn't give the total context 
of the opinion of the Chachamim. Hence, Rav's going to be medayik the, the Mishnah in a way that's advantageous for him and use the Mishnah as a question on Shmuel. And Shmuel will interpret the Mishnah in a way that the Chachamim agree with him as well. Okay, so we're ending off with a fascinating Machlaikas, period, end of that conversation. We're now up to the Mishnah, uh, seven lines from the bottom of Daf Mem Aleph Amud Aleph. Now, this Mishnah, till the end of the rest of the Daf, is amazing. Mamish amazing, amazing, amazing conversation. Going to be a little bit, uh, it, it's all logic. All straight up logic. So that, that's it. This is all seichel. It's all it's it's all uh, it's all seichel, and the discussion is going to balance around two very important yesodos in how to understand the words of the rabbanon or a, a rabbinic decree, because there's different ways rabbis make decrees. One way is they base it off of a logic. And if the logic exists, the decree exists. And if the logic doesn't exist, the decree does not exist. That's one type of takana de Rabbanan, of rabbinic decree. Another rabbinic decree is the Rabbanan enact the decree. They might base it off of a logic, but the way they create it is that this decree will be effective whether or not the logic is in place. You understand? What they, the Chum decide. We're making a decree based upon the logic. If the logic is gone, the decree is gone. There's other types of decrees where they say, this decree is effective no matter what. For example, we're just walking out of a Yom Tov Sheni. Today was Yom Tov Sheni. Second day. Do we still have Sveik at the Yoma? Do we still have a doubt as to what day it is? We know exactly what day it is. We know it is today was not the 15th day of Nisa. It was the 16th day of Nisa. Why do we have two days of Yom Tif? There's no longer real Sveik the Yom The answer is because the way the Chachamim established Yom Tif in Chutz La'aretz is they made a decree that whether or not you have a Sveik in Chutz La'aretz, we're creating a Yom Tif, kind of like Hanukkah and Purim. They established Purim is going to be, now the Chachamim established this is a Yom Tif. This is it. Even if you don't have a Sveik the Yom this is a Yom Kaddish. This is a holy day. So since that was the way the original decree was instituted, they purposely did it. This was their Ruach HaKadosh. This was their divine understanding that we're going to, that in Golis, in Chutz Laaretz, we need two days. Whether or not we have a Suffolk, we need two days. Okay, it's not dependent on the logic. But there's other times where they allow for it to be dependent on the logic. Now let's get into how this is going to translate to our Mishnah. And we'll talk for one more minute. And that is, we know, we learned there's a law. When a woman ends her marriage, you need to wait 90 days. You need to wait three months before remarrying. Why? Why do you need to wait? So that we know the ichas. We have to make sure we know who the father is. What if she gives birth eight months later, seven months later? Is it the first kid, the first husband, child, or second husband? So by the time you wait 90 days, we'll be able to have clarified what it is. Now let me ask you a question. What about nowadays? You could take DNA testing. You could take all sorts of testing. You could, what if you know a lady's 119 years old and there's no way that she's pregnant? Yeah? Do you still need to wait three months? When the Chachamim said you need to wait three months, is it automatic? 
Is that how they established their decree? Or was it when it makes sense? But if it doesn't make any sense, a guy puts a ring on his wife's finger under the chuppah and drops dead. He doesn't make it out of the chuppah. We know she's not pregnant. Right? He didn't wait three months for marrying her. It depends how the decree is made. Right? Logic would say, listen, if it's all dependent on pregnancy, so then no, she doesn't need to wait three months. Right? So that's what today's, the rest of the daf is going to focus on. Here we go. Fascinating Mishnah. If a man dies childless, his wife, you do not do yibum or chalitza on her for three months. Why? Because we don't know if she's pregnant. If she's pregnant, there's no yibum. If she's not pregnant, there is yibum. Okay? Interestingly, you can't even do chalitza though. We'll see why in the Gemara. V'chein ka'ol noshim. Any married woman. Lo You can't even do erisim. Listen to this logic. You ready? Why can't a woman remarry before three months? Because we want to make sure we know who the father is. Let me ask you a question. Why can't I just put a ring on her finger, acquire her for Arison, and don't live with her? I'm going to wait another year till I actually marry her, till I actually move in with her. Let me ask you a question. Any reason, logically, why I shouldn't be allowed to do that? A woman gets divorced. I know she's very nice. I want to marry her. I want to make sure nobody else gets her. So I want to put a ring on her finger, but she just got divorced a month ago. Can I do that and just not move in? This way, we still know who the father is. Good question. Right? I just did Erisin. I didn't do Nesuin. I'm not creating any issue with, uh, with the Yichus. Okay. Says the Mishnah, no, you can't even do that. You can't do Erisin. You can't do Nesuin. You always need to wait three months. Whether it's a Besula, whether it's a Beula, whether she, her marriage ended through a get, through a divorce, whether her marriage ended through death, whether she had, was fully lived in with her husband, whether she was just standing under the chuppah and he, dropped, and, 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 uh, and he drops dead, <clears throat> and they never moved in together, no matter what, says the Tanakhama, it's a low plug, there's nothing to talk about. The way that the sages established the three-month wait is, no matter what the logic is, three months, automatic. Rabbi Yehuda argues. Rabbi Yehuda says, no, that's not how the three months was established. Rabbi Yehuda says, no. Listen, he says like this, use your brain. If a woman had Nesuin, let the next guy do Arison. He's not moving in with her. You know it's not going to open up any paternity contest. It's not going to lead any questions as to who the father is. This guy's not moving in with her. But Arusa, and if you have a woman who wasn't Arusa from the previous marriage, she never lived with her husband. She never moved in with him. Let the next guy just marry her within three months completely. Who cares? Again, there's no question here. I agree that in Arusa from Yehuda, you should not be allowed to do Nesuin with. But Mesha Levi Gaspa in Yehuda, they would allow the couple that just had Arison to be miyached together to, to build their feelings of closeness to each other, got them more comfortable with each other. So there, there's more of a risk that maybe she's pregnant. Maybe a pregnancy happens, so there we could be more machmir. But in general, says Rabbi Yehuda, no. It's not a light plug. It's not like, no, you always need to wait 30 days. He says, you got to know the circumstances, you got to know the context, and depending on what it is, 
that changes it. Rabbi Yisiyam, Rabbi Yisiyam says, He says, any woman, no matter what, you could do Arison, because again, what's Arison? You're not, you're not, there's no opportunity for pregnancy. You're not moving in together. Except for an almana, evil, top of Amabez, except for an almana, he says, I agree, an almana needs to wait after her husband dies because of mourning. When a woman's husband dies, there's an element of mourning that needs to be there. Okay, while she's, in, she's considered Avelos, she's, she's not allowed to change that. Now, this applies both in halacha for 30 days, but even not so. You should know that even, even psychologically, mentally, sometimes people feel they're ready for another relationship and they're ready to move on and we ourselves don't fully understand what we go through when there's a traumatic situation. Sometimes we feel we're ready and then we remarry, we realize that we weren't. So, evil, the because of Avelos, Morning, the Chum are saying, listen, there's, you know, if a person's falling, you know, the, their marriage ended in widowhood, you got to take your time. Nothing to do with pregnancy. You just got to take your time. Okay. Says the Gemara like this. Bishlam this Yabim, I get why you need to wait three months before you do a Yibam. Shema Yavlad Ben Kayama. Maybe she's going to have a living kid. And what happens if she had a kid? The Yavam just transgressed. The Yavam who jumped the gun and married within three months is now married to his brother's sister, his brother's wife. I'm sorry, that's a problem. But why can't we allow Chalitza within three months? Okay? So we had this Gemara earlier, by the way. What's going to be the ultimate? I just want to talk outside. What's going to be the ultimate answer? The Gemara is assuming that Chalitza doesn't hurt. Do Chalitza within three months. Why keep her waiting? What did we learn previously? We don't want to give her the name of a chalutza. Right? Because it's going to be confusing. What if she, she, we do chalutza and then really she's not really a chalutza. She's just a widow. A chalutza can't marry a kohen. A widow could. So we don't want to start entering this whole mishmash where you're doing chalutza and it turns out she's not really a chalutza. Right? So that's the Gemara is going to go through here again. So let's, let's, let's get to this. Says the Gemara first... Maybe the first reason we're assuming why we're saying you're not allowed to do chalitza is because maybe it's not effective, which is machlek as we had earlier in the Masech. The leima tavatiyufte rechenon to amar chalitza mubarish machalitza. Rabbi Yechon holds that the chalitza of a pregnant woman is considered a valid chalitza. So by saying you need to wait three months, we, it seems to imply that it's not valid. Maybe it's an upshlog on Rabbi Yechonon. Now we already disproved Rabbi Yechonon. So the Gemara says. Oh, if, this, if you're going to use this as a disproof of Rabbi Yechanan, we already proved we already proved Rabbi Yechanan wrong uh, last week. Okay, like five, six blot ago. So why do you got to pick on him again? Sigmar says, Okay, it's another proof that he's wrong. Sigmar says, no, this mission is not a proof that Rabbi Yechanan is wrong. This mission has nothing to do with uh, the three-month wait because Chalitza on a pregnant woman wouldn't be effective. It's nothing to do with that. Rather, the reason for our mission that you got to wait three months for Chalitza is maybe she's taka pregnant. She has an alive and well child. You know what happened? You did Chalitza on a woman that didn't need Chalitza. And people are going to think that she's like a divorcee who's forbidden to a Kohen. And it's not true. She's still a simple widow with a child who's kosher to a Kohen. So we don't want to do Chalitza on her if it could hurt her chances at future marriages. Now no Kohen's going to touch her. Says the Gemara, why not? Vinitzricha. Yeah? Make an announcement. Let people know that the original Chalitza wasn't needed. 
Says the Gemara, because word doesn't get out to everybody. There might be people who saw at the Chalitza, but they, did, they don't hear the announcement later, off that she, later on that she's actually permitted to Kahuna. Says the Gemara, okay, we'll accept that as a logic, but listen to this. I get why the widow, a woman who's a widow, you wouldn't want to do Chalitzas to not hurt her chance at Ranga Kohen. But listen to this case, you ready? What happens if you have a woman who's divorced? And then she marries a guy who dies childless. She's already a divorcee, and now she's a widow. Is there any reason why I should have to wait three months before doing Chalitza? No, because she's puzzled to a coin anyway. She already has the status of a divorcee. Says the Gemara. Oh, I'll tell you why we wait three months. Ready? Listen to this. Fascinating. You got to wait three months because... You know, while a woman is a Yavama, she's still supported by her first husband's estate for three months. And therefore, if we do chalitza on her right away, she's going to lose out financially. It's gonna, it, it takes time for a woman to get her, you know, get her finances back on track. Her husband just passed away, her breadwinner, right? You're going to tell the brother, oh, do chalitza a day later? She's going to have no means of support other than her ksuba. Right? So Taisvis actually says it's an Eitzetayva. We're just giving advice. They got to wait to, to, to give time. Says Gemara, okay. But not every woman's. Why, su- Why does it impact the time? How does support die into Chalitza? Because the halacha is that while a. Good question, Rabbi the, the The halacha is while a woman's a Shemeris Yavam, while she's a Yavama, so she's still. Con- her husband's marriage is still alive and well. So any obligation that the husband had to her financially, even though he passed away now, his estate, while she's in a state of Yibam, connected to the family, must continue to financially support her as if her husband is still alive. However, once a husband is completely gone, the only thing the wife gets is whatever is written in her ksuba. So we don't... It, it, it only applies while he's considered connected and alive. Once Chalitza is done to her, so then her marriage to her husband is done. His estate does not have to support her. So you know what a brother would actually want to do? Since the brothers inherit him, the brothers might want to do Chalitza very fast. This way, give the woman her ksuba, get her out of here. And there's more money for us. We don't need to use the money to support her. So the Chachamim, to help her out, gave a three-month gap. And they said, she's going to remain a regular Yavama. The estate of her husband is going to continue to support her the way it did while he was alive. And after three months, the brothers could choose. Okay? Yivam or Now says the Gemara, okay, Tenach this makes sense if she had Nesu and she was, you know, if her husband, while he was alive, had financial obligations to her. But Arusa, Grusha, Michael, Amemar, but what happens if she was only in Arusa? We're at the stage of Arusa, the husband's not obligated to her. He doesn't take care of her financially until she actually moves in. So there, there's no logic anymore to say to wait three months. So Gemara says, you're right. That can't be the reason. Rather, I'll tell you why you got to wait three months. Ready? There was a fella. Who came to Rabbi Yaisi, Omar Lai, and he says to Rabbi Yaisi, Can we do Chalitza within three months? 
Omar Lair basically says, nope, Laisachli. You cannot do Chalus in three months. So the guy says, why not? What's the big deal? So you know what Rabbi Yaisi says? Final answer? I'll tell you the big deal. Ready for this? Let me read you a Pasuk in the Torah. The Torah says, you know when Chalitza is effective? If a man can do Yibam, but he chooses not to, then he's capable of doing Chalitza. If he would have wanted to, he could do Yibam. Now let me ask you a question. Within three months, is the Yavam allowed to do Yibam? No. Not allowed. Because we got to make sure we know the Yichas of the kid. So once we say he's not allowed, he's not choosing anymore. If he would do Chalitza within three months, is it a case of him not wanting to do Yibam? No. You're not allowed to do Yibam anyway. You know why you got to wait three months of Chalitza? Because since you need to wait three months of Yibam, and the way Chalitza is instituted in the Torah is, you can only do Chalitza if I could have done Yibam. You got to wait the three months till you could do Yibam in order to do the Chalitza. Period. So according to Rabbi Yaisi, the reason why you got to wait three months for Chalitza is because Chalitza and Yibam are two sides of the same coin. Since I can't do Yibam within three months, because we got to know the Yichas, we made the Chalitza too. So it says the Gemara like this, hold on, hold on, hold on, Rabbi Yaisi, hold on. Masiv Rav Chanino, he has a challenging question. A woman who's doubtfully married, you got to do Chalitza. Now what does it mean doubtfully married? My Sveikos. Either Masavik Kedushin, if you're going to say that we're not sure about her marriage, meaning, you know, remember Masavik Kedushin was when you throw a divorce, uh, um, I'm sorry, a marriage document to her and it lands on the 50 yard line, you're not sure who she's married to. Why not do Yibam? Let her do Yibam and there's no problem. Why? So listen to this, ready? Ruvain was doubtfully married to Rachel. Ruvain dies childless. Rachel falls to Shimon. Any reason why Shimon can't marry Rachel? No reason. You know why? If Rachel was Taka married to Ruvain, so now she's your Yavama. And if Rachel was not married to Ruvain, now she's a random woman who I'm allowed to marry. There's no reason why Shimon shouldn't be allowed to marry her. Again, if Ruvain and Rachel's marriage is a doubtful marriage, because the, the star landed on the 50-yard line, Shimon could do Yibam. Elolav, rather, the case of Suffolk needs to be, Here's what happened. You had the original husband married one of two sisters. She doesn't know which one. Okay? So both, both women you can't do Yibam on. You know why? Because she might be your wife's sister or she might be your wife. You don't know. We're still saying do Chalitza. So it says Gemara like this. Great question on Rabbi Yaisi. Rabbi Yaisi, you're saying Chalitza only applies when there's Yibam. Let me tell you something. By a suffix, there's only Chalitza and there's no Yibam. Don't tell me that they're completely interdependent. Listen to this Halege answer. You ready? Stigmar says, you're wrong. You know why? Amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing svara. Listen closely. Hochi hashta. What are you asking? Hasam. Ready for this? When you have two sisters that are married to the brothers, you don't know who you're married to. Might be your wife, might be your wife's sister. Oh, you can't do anything. Mamish, okay? So here's what happens. If Elio and Avi would have come in our Pesach Seder last night into your house, he came. But let's say you were able to see him and ask him a question. The Yaimar, you say, Elio, who am I married to? 
Which woman? Which one of these sisters? And he says, uh, 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 You married this one. So let me tell you something. So now, as soon as you have clarity, she's capable of being a Yibam and Chalitza. But when it comes to the three months of waiting, why do I wait three months? Because of a concern of pregnancy? Let me ask you a question. If Eliyahu would come, the Yaimar, and tell us, to Holayabra, the, the widow's not pregnant. Me, Mishkach Be'eviyavmele? Would we say she could remarry? No, you know why, says Rabbi Yaisi? Because the way Chazal instituted a three-month wait is three months. I don't care. And I'll, I don't care if you know she's pregnant, if you took a pregnancy test, I don't care if she's 119 years old, it doesn't matter. And I'll prove it to you. Hakatana. Take a case of a katana, 10-year-old girl, married, now becomes a widow. She's not capable of conceiving. Even by her, you got to wait three months. You see from here, says the Gemara, bottom line, you know what we're walking away with? The way the sages instituted a three-month wait is three months, whether or not you have the logic of potential pregnancy. It's three months, because three months, because of three months, because of three months. And if Eliyahu would come and tell she's not pregnant, it wouldn't matter, because the decree was made as a three-month decree. As opposed to when you're just unsure who you marry. Once you have clarity, you can marry whoever you want. Okay? So that's the difference. Why? He says, Gemara, beautiful. The difference between the two types of sphakas. One type of suffix, I'm just stuck because I don't know. Then there's another one where it's like, no, the sages made a decree. So you follow that decree. End of story. Okay. Now the Gemara is going to end off and take us on to a little bit onto uh, tomorrow's daf, Bez Hashem, and get into um, when a woman is in a state of Yavmus, as she's a Yavama, who's, how ultimately is she supported? So here we go. Tan Rabbanon, the rabbis learnt, and so should we. Yavama. The first three months after she becomes a Yavama. Nizaynis Mishal Baal. Her dead husband's estate is what supports her. Mikan ve'elach, but once you pass three months, einan izaynas, lai mishal bal, v'lai mishal yavam. Very interesting. Once three months pass, so she's not supported by her husband's estate, and she's not supported by the yavam's estate. Okay? Because the yavam himself hasn't fully married her. She's not my wife yet. I never took her in. Okay. Omar bedinu barach. However, Let's say the Yavam is taking his time. And Bezdin calls him. And they say, dude, make a decision. Get cracking. And he doesn't. Okay, doesn't. He runs away, whatever. Yeah. You know what we do? We take his property, we sell it, and we support her. You can't leave her hanging like this. We don't do that. You have an obligation as a Yavam. You take care of her. Okay. Very interesting question. What happens if... Her husband passed away, and the reason why she's waiting is because the Yavam is eight years old. He can't do Yibam yet. So you know why there's a delay? Because of age. It's just time. It's a time problem. So says the Gemara, Mi Yavam Leslie. We know she can't use up the Yava, uh, um, from the Yavam. The, the kid's eight years old. There's only so many lemonade stands he can make to support a Yavama who's waiting for him. Okay, but what about me bal mai? Maybe we should keep the estate of the husband till his baby brother gets older. 
Because again, keep in mind, logic would dictate why is she waiting just to perpetuate her husband's name? So maybe Taka used the estate to support her. Fascinating expression, says the Gemara. It's a machlaikas, but the halacha is that it's just a very sad situation for her. It's one of those tsaras that Shemayim is putting her through. And there's no estate to support her. She doesn't get from her husband's estate because it's not a three-month wait due to the kid's eight years old. Yavam, eight years old, you can't demand him. So you know what? She's, she's going to have to find a way to support her until the Yavam becomes of age to be able to marry her. It's just one of those tsaras that unfortunately don't have a direct answer. Okay, last brisa for today. Tanu Rabbanon, the rabbis learned, and so uh, the rabbis learned, and that's why they're rabbis. All right, let's get to the two dots on Daf Membeis Amud Aleph. Here we go. Yevama shechol to laachem esayishleishiv. You have Yevama, who the brothers did chalitza too early, within three months. Okay, so they need to wait three months. She still needs to wait three months before remarrying. I chalitza was already done. You still need to wait three months. Laachem but if Chalitza on after three months, she doesn't need to wait anymore. Meaning, the three months of remarrying is not from the Chalitza of the brothers. The three months of remarrying is from the death of her original husband. Okay? Now I might think, maybe it's talking from the Chalitza of the brothers, because like, she was connected to them in like a quasi-marriage. Right? So maybe she used to wait three months from their Chalitza, like, like you need to do after a get. You gotta wait three months. She says, no, it's only... Says the Gemara. You see that the three months you wait are from the death of her husband and not from the Chalitza. Ask the Gemara, why Taka? Why is it different than a get being delivered? The Rav, my Rav says, You got to wait three months' time to get is given. It's three months from the time that it is written. Okay, from the time the get is written, she's forbidden to her husband. So we know they weren't together. But the Gemara says, bottom line is, that if we're going to treat chalitza like a get, why don't we say that, you know, even though we know there's no chance of pregnancy, because she didn't live with the Yavaman, but you got to wait. Say we got to wait by a get, got to wait for chalitza. Says the Gemara, Amar Rava, Rava says, Kalva Chaymer. You know what the answer is? Kalva Chaymer. It's logic. You know, how, you know why? When her husband dies, she used to wait three months to marry the Yavam. Guess what? This guy was, for, was a Kare's obligation to her before the three months. He, she was your brother's wife. But after three months, all of a sudden, she becomes your mitzvah. Isser Kare's Hitarta, after three months, she's permitted to marry the Yavam. Isser Lav, like Olshkin, certainly to anybody else who she was never their brother's wife. So how much more so should she be permitted to marry them? The same way she could have moved in with the Yavam after three months. If the Yavam would not have done Khalid, let's say he would have done Yavam. Boom, you're married. So now somebody who she was less forbidden to, you got to wait longer? That doesn't make any sense. And therefore, therefore the three-month wait does not restart from Khalidza. It sticks with the Misa Sabal. We'll hold it here for today. Bezram, pick up, uh, pick up tomorrow with Daf Membez. Have a wonderful, wonderful night, everybody.